0: Welcome to Screen Talk, Wires weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor and chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson out in Los Angeles. And Ann, we finally have a fall movie season to talk about because both the Toronto lineup and the Venice lineup have come out, at least a good amount of Toronto titles and the Venice competition. And I have to say, it looks pretty pretty exciting now don't you think
1: well this is what happens every year where you've got the festivals looming and you're you it looks like this great buffet of fabulous things and all these great named directors and you know that you want to see the films and yet it's a, going to be a question and this is what happens of going to each of these festivals and yeah David Ehrlich will be in Venice getting the first crack at some of these titles and then you and I will be in tell ride getting a second crack and then there oh, will be
0: catch start up in, in Toronto, yeah. right? We get I mean, some first cracks. <laughs> I
1: was interested in the fact that Jojo Rabbit, for example, from Fox Searchlight is being debuted in Toronto as a world premiere, which I thought was sort of interesting. And I think that what that's about. I was talking to Trevor Groth about this last night, um, at a at an event, and and we were agreeing that Toronto is becoming um very much a festival of choice because it's safer it it hasn't got the same critical brickbats raised you know poised to to make uh you know determinations about awards it's a friendly festival
0: the, the 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 thing about something like jojo rabbit which i can't wait to see i've really enjoyed all of taika Waititi's films and there's obviously a lot of goodwill for him it's like you put it in venice which is both highbrow and you know, has an awards context and all this other stuff. With Toronto, it can be an awards festival, but it's also an audience festival. So you, you have a lot of different ways you can go with it. But it's, it's also like- about
1: the crowds. It's about all the right. people going in to see yeah, the Green Book
0: and,
1: and stars Born and having it play and having the press in the room while it plays through the roof and all the applause and the cheering and all that. It has an impact.
0: But Star is born is actually the pattern for born is it that went to Venice it
1: opened yeah so, I know so
0: what what's going to Venice this year that's going to Toronto? Joker gets this competition slot, and that's something we should really dig into because it's kind of fascinating you know with competition
1: seeing, is, is is a very most people Starsborn went out of competition and wasn't willing to take that chance. Todd Phillips, for some reason, and the new Warner Brothers... By the way, this is definitely the new Warner Brothers. I can tell that Toby Emmerich, who used to be at New Line, who now runs Warner Brothers, uh, is way more into Oscars than... Um, I mean, they're even talking about it, too. <laughs> oh, God.
0: I mean, yeah. we'll see, you know. But, but, but Joker... The thing about Joker is we, we don't know how good the movie is. Todd Phillips, obviously, never made... A, a, something quite in this vein. They're not trying to position it as a comedy, obviously. No. But Joaquin—he's uh, Joaquin an Oscar guy. Yeah, he's been nominated
1: story. many times. He's—he's—he's he's, he's due. Um, you know, from from Gladiator onward. You know, he—he he definitely is due. But I think, <laughs> I think they must—they must recognize that he could win an Oscar, and they're willing to get the patina that festivals can offer to take it out of the DC realm.
0: And and that's, but it's an interesting gamble. The movie has to be good enough to support that performance. That's sort of the open question here. Totally. We just don't know. No question. And then you have something like Ad Astra, which is just going to Venice and sounds, I mean, looks terrific, but it's also a question of does the studio get it? Does the studio care? It's not going to get that Toronto bump. So, you know, and it opens relatively That's soon. about
1: Brad Pitt. That's, I mean, if you have the option of going to Venice, Telluride, Toronto, and New York, and I think James Gray is a New York guy, and that's bound to be in the New York Film Festival, then you do not have to take Brad Pitt to every single festival. That That's just not going to happen.
0: Plus, he's still kind of doing his uh, Once he's Upon a Time. He's still working
1: on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, uh, it's just funny how they shot him out.
0: You know, it's like when Brad Pitt does press, it's like everyone wants to kind of like poke him and just sort of look at him and see that he's around. But how many times can he do that, you know, in a small span of time? So it may be, you know, may not help this, you know, weirder, artier studio movie that there was a Tarantino movie relatively close to it. But I'm actually more excited about Ad Astra. So I hope that, you know, we do get that in New York film festival, since I won't be in Venice. What else are we excited about from this lineup? Because it's it's pretty rich, I would say. It's a pretty far reaching set of possibilities. More than well, I even the marriage understand.
1: story looks like the one that everybody I mean, I had heard early buzz from um, from Netflix already. And I knew it would be in New York and it is in Teff and it is in Venice. And I suspect it's going to be in Telluride as well. I, uh, you got, then they showed it to you. You've seen yeah, the movie. Yeah.
0: I was wondering when you were going to team me up for that, because I it was, it was something I couldn't talk about for a little bit. And I don't know how much I can say even now, but you know, what, what I will say is, you know, I, I appreciated the opportunity to see this movie and talk to Boundback about it because while obviously there is a a very personal side to the, to this movie. I also feel like, you know, because it's, it's a divorce story, but it's also Noah Baumbach as a very mature filmmaker doing things uh, that I think he hasn't tried before. There's a lot of, you know, long takes and, you know, extensive sequences and stuff that, that really feel like he is pushing himself to a higher level. And at the same time, he's got these terrific performances from Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson who really, I mean, they, it, there's no showboating here, but there's some really intense stuff. This that is they
1: apparently do. very much based on his prior divorce. Um, it well, comes kind from of a personal experience. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, apparently you know. the lawyers, I mean, Laura Dern is in this. Apparently she's, she's amazing. Great. So, I mean, there's
0: a bunch of lawyers, Alan Alda and Ray Liotta, the, the lawyer, the legalese of the movie. It's almost like this, this sort of like putting it under the microscope and discovering you know, the emotional effect this stuff has on people going through this process. So obviously that'll stir up some conversations, but also from an award standpoint, I would just point out, I mean, Driver got nominated for Black Klansman last year, ScarJo never nominated. So, you know, whatever the challenges are in terms of putting her in front of the media, I know sometimes she, she, you know, kind of goes off script or whatever. I do feel like there's going to be a conversation that has to be had here about, you know, this great talent that we, you know, haven't. Have not appreciated in one level or another, but I. But this is actually something you had pointed out to me earlier, so I don't want to take all the credit for it.
1: <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. All right, so um, this, you, you could slack in the middle of a of a, of, a, of a podcast. Um, so the truth is, opening uh, Venice, uh, the Corrida, which I cannot wait to see with with Catherine uh, Deneuve and and Ethan Hawke, and then the closer that's an IFC movie and we'll see we'll see what that turns out to be it's interesting because he's shooting in Paris and French and 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 English and and you know this is a uh, the guy that that gave us the shopkeeper so I can't wait to see it and then we have the the burnt orange heresy closing which is a Giuseppe Capondondi uh, movie. Do you know this director? Have you ever heard of him?
0: I don't know his stuff at all, no. I mean, yeah. you never know that kind of stuff. It could be very specific. But to, it's Klaus you know.
1: Bang from The Square and Elizabeth Debicki, who we love, and Mick Jagger, who we love. So I'm sort of interested in that, but it doesn't have a, a, a distributor. And the other movie that suspiciously has no distributor, and I can't figure out why, is the Armando Iannucci, um, Dickens david copperfield movie which is opening london and is also playing these festivals i want to know uh i mean it doesn't have a buyer
0: i refuse to believe that armando iannucci has made a a movie that completely doesn't work like the the idea that this would be a terrible movie i mean you know he, he he's he made he made veep he gave us in the loop he gave us um the death of stalin in in ways that you just did not uh I mean he just he's not capable of doing stuff I think that doesn't work across the board but it also sounds like maybe it's maybe it's a hard sell I mean the title doesn't necessarily tell you That this movie's hilarious and he tends to make really funny movies. And it's Dev
1: Patel, so so we love Dev Patel, but we don't know exactly how he would be in a period Dickens movie. Also,
0: maybe it's not maybe it's not a typical fall movie in the sense that you know this needs to get picked up and released some other time. Period.
1: It's you know I think they may be waiting to see how it plays with audiences. Um, It's just weird. I'll tell you why my my alert ears are open in a weird way. It's, It's it's with the competition for titles right now with, with the intensity of finding material, I mean, everybody's dying to pick up movies. They, there aren't enough of them to go around. Um, So it just makes me wonder if someone hasn't already picked it up and they just haven't told us yet.
0: Yeah, it's certainly possible. And it, it, you know, whether or not it's a big, distributor. It's an IFC. It could be an IFC, which is, you know, been That makes sense. Absolutely. Given that, that they did yeah. the
1: death of Stalin. And then the other issue that came up and Kate wrote about it, our colleague Kate Erbland wrote about it today um, is, is the whole issue of, of, of the women. There are only two women directors and the entire lineup at Venice. I mean, the competition lineup, why, what's their problem with these European film festivals?
0: To me, it seems like the fundamental disconnect is that, Um, you know everything that has been going on in North America in terms of a greater awareness of you know the need for gender parity and other and other kinds of things in our society that have just been set back for years because of sexism or racism or whatever it is in Europe these conversations I think culturally happen at a slower pace and something has just not sunk in about the obvious ways in which this problem could be addressed without this kind of the the kind of attempts to get out of it by saying, well, we don't have enough to deal with. Obviously there's plenty to deal with, do your homework, you know, exactly, and up, get more but... and get
1: more women on the programming committee, get more women looking and, and with a directive to find what is out there. It's just a question of giving them credit where they deserve it. And I um, think not I, making allowances, I'm saying find the stuff.
0: I know? would also caution against making this exclusively a festival problem. I think it's a festival ecosystem problem. People don't talk about this very often, but it's the sales companies that really control uh, major festival lineups in Europe, you know, that we talked about it with Cannes, but it's true with Venice, too. They're not just like going through piles and piles of submissions. And it's making who, it's what's
1: sent to them. Well, they, they no, should be working the, a little harder. They do the have a movie are. from Hafa al um, Almansur, which I'm looking forward to. And um, among the other, th- and they have jury president Lucretia Martel, which is usually the default these days. Make the jury president a woman, and then you get off, you know, from being criticized. Right. It's not that easy. Um, but we have there's an essayas movie which I'm looking forward to. And that's the an that,
0: interesting one, yeah. the, the Olivia essayas film, because that's that's a film that was shot in Cuba and is in Spanish. But he's a French filmmaker, so it's my understanding this won't be, you know, an award submission for a foreign language. But it could what be. La- a, what
1: language is it going to be in?
0: It's in Spanish. But well, it's like, couldn't but it be, be it. submitted?
1: It, it can be, be it, you know. I, my if,
0: my if understanding is somebody that would it, have
1: to submit it, it's it right, wouldn't be France. Who would
0: it be? It wouldn't be right. France. And, and so, but so I think that's a bit of a challenge. But I but Cuba, maybe Cuba really could like, submit it. it. Uh, I mean, it's an open question, I think, how that, how that would work. But it's Penelope Cruz and Edgar Ramirez, Gal Garcia Bernal. It's a great cast, it looks like a, a, a fun, you know, kind of you know, wild uh, uh, period. Piece involving. Uh, What's
1: it called? 90- Wasp? Wasp, Wasp network. Network. Yeah. The mm-hmm. other one I'm looking forward to is waiting for the barbarians from Ciro Guerra, who you and I both admire from from Colombia. It's with Mark Rylance and and Michael Fitzgerald is the producer. It's based on the Ketzi novel, yeah. uh, which I've read and I love, and it should be uh, rich. Um, I hope I'm,
0: so. It's a tough one when, you know Johnny Depp is uh, you know he does not necessarily invite. Uh, the most. Uh, it's a concern. Uh, do
1: you know how big his role is? Is it the lead role? I
0: I don't know. I mean, I think that, but it's an open question. It's a, obviously a bigger movie, but the, he is a. I mean, Ciro Guerra is, a, you know, one of the. Great He's a good filmmaker. Latin whether he can, owner. how
1: good he is in English, always a question. But he speaks English really well.
0: Sure, but I th- I think it's more it's more a question of you know the working on this scale and and all that kind of stuff. But um, and then
1: there's Pablo yeah. um Emma, which uh, could be really good. Um, and there's, uh, of course, the Roman Polanski, an officer and a spy.
0: <laughs> there is <laughs> will not a, be playing a, a North America, challenge. right? Yeah, I, I highly doubt that one's going to make its way over over to, uh, you know, Maybe a surprise no, no, no. screening or something. But so the other know.
1: movie that's playing a couple of these festivals is the la- uh, the Laundromat from Steven Soderbergh, which is a big sprawling cast led by Meryl Streep who Bailey uh, from uh, TIFF was or Cameron Bailey was raving about her performance.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the thing about this one is, is like, you know, it's a Panama Papers movie, which isn't something that I think people nest- automatically kind of flock to, but it's Soderbergh doing that. And Soderbergh has a tendency to take like traffic. Traffic so yeah, did well. Traffic. And then you think about something like the informant or whatever. Like he's taking sort of not necessarily exciting newsy events, but making them into something palatable. And I heard from people when he was pitching this that, you know, it sounded like he had read like every book on the subject. He just had like a head full of knowledge. So to apply that with like the Meryl Streep performance, I mean, it just sounds like a a fascinating uh, achievement on some level. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, and there, there are plenty of other people in that cast, but the Soderbergh also produced the report And this is a case of a movie that debuted at Sundance, got picked up for $14 million um, by Amazon. And they are giving it a Netflix-style release with like three weeks ahead, and then it goes to streaming. Um, But they need to bring it back around to the festivals to remind everybody about it and put it into the Oscar conversation. And it's a similarly dense You've seen the the report. It's it's a this time it's about CAA interrogation techniques.
0: Yeah, actually I haven't that's one I oh, have not Oh you haven't either. seen it. Okay, the, so it's
1: Adam Driver I mean, I'm, playing I'm aware a real of guy is. who did all this investigating, and then it's Annette Benning as her his boss, in effect, from the intelligence committee uh, of the Senate, who um, playing um, our intrepid California uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein. And she's so great in this that maybe she will get uh, the nomination that keeps uh, eluding her.
0: You're not really giving me the hard sell here in terms of... Oh, it's good. Matter, it's but... very
1: good. It's, it's it's moving, actually, because it shows... It shows how the government is supposed to work when people really push, push, push for the truth to come out. That's what it's about.
0: Well, I, I think it'll be... A, a, the fall is, is certainly going to be fascinating in the sense that we have... A lot of these new possibilities, but then also the question about what has already played well that could be reintroduced into the conversation. I mean, The Farewell is doing incredibly well, and I guess it's going to its third week of release right now, and uh, it's its That's going to hang in there. I I know it
1: played very well at the Academy, for example. People love it. I mean, in in a weird way, um, I mean, we keep picking the same point, but... The movies that actually stand out from the crowd, that are true originals, that are personal enough to evoke emotions, are the movies that stick and that actually have the right stuff to go all the way through to the end of the road. And I think The Farewell has that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's- And so does Once Upon a
1: Time in Hollywood, which is opening this weekend. That's
0: that's the thing about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I mean, certainly it's- It ignites some fascinating conversations, but but I think that's a movie that is not helped by the innate hype of everyone involved. I mean, I just I've talked. What do you mean?
1: You need hype to to open a movie?
0: (laughs) But, But but then think about the drop off on that movie when there's a big portion of the audience that's like, well, it was kind of slow. It wasn't. You know, it's fast and and kind of like now all his movies genius. are like
1: that. That's I the part this that I think is very
0: different from his other. Movies. But
1: but they're all slow. They're all they're all they're all uh weird and it, it I have. T- I'm just gonna say this. Every time he makes one of these movies, I wonder how it's gonna do at the box office, and then it goes off and does a hundred million dollars at the box office. I mean, not hateful eight. Hateful Eight was a, not a good one, and there's a big box office analysis of all of these films on IndieWire right now. Yeah, if you're but I, curious. I think the the,
0: the thing is, is that I'm not saying you know, commercially maybe it'll do really well. Hateful Eight
1: was to, was people stuck in a room. I mean that yeah, could have been I on mean, stage, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, in this one, the th- the thing is that it's also it's a its reference points are not ones that all audience members, certainly not key demographics, are going to have. So you have to take that into account too, like how many people. Care about Sharon Tate and and or Western tele- TV, Western serials from well for that youth. reason
1: I'm going to suggest that it's going to play older um, and also because it's a kind of elegiac look back um, at a at a pivotal moment where everything changed and it almost tees up the moment that's changing right now which is that a 35 a movie that Tarantino would like you to see in 35 if not 70. Five seventy millimeter showings, and there's also a story on Indiewire that lists where you can see the movie on celluloid if you want to. It's almost like um, you know a love poem it's to a the old ways. You Let's know, be
0: clear. but yeah. the thing is, it's you know I I adore Tarantino as an artist. I I would not rank this as one of my favorite of his films, but I do appreciate that after uh, the kind of more pl- uh, playful historical revisionism of a couple of his films that this one does feel like in some ways what a, a completely earnest more sincere tarantino movie might look like he's not trying to like mess with you he's trying to kind of show you the soul that drives his impulse to to be a, a real movie lover and so in that respect that if you so care cinephiles about files will go yeah that's true, files I mean, yeah.
1: will have to see this, and I'm gonna argue having seen it three times at this point, happily, um you know it rewards extra viewings. It's just so richly detailed I mean i okay, you know who I am, I love production design, I love cinematography by by Robert Richardson. I love. The way that this is written and fashioned and and delicately uh, modulated in the editing room, I love that stuff, and, and we have to celebrate it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I get I guess so. I just I feel like on some level that this movie gets more of a pass that we aren't looking at the specifics of what works and what doesn't work in the, in a conversation like this. Because we wanted to just celebrate Tarantino and how much he's trying to make this movie hold together. I think some of the. We works need
1: out. originals to work but. at the box office. If he can get Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt to show up, pay them less than their usual fee, and make a movie like this that isn't based on anything else, that's entirely original, that he has to go out and put it out there on the, you know, one of his 10 movies. It has to hold up, it has to last. You know, he has one more left before he goes to netflix you know um honestly we we, we why not celebrate this
0: yeah no I'm, i i'm i'm behind that i also i hope that people uh, who are celebrating that and making that effort are also looking at the many other movies that are available right now that are don't even have the luxury of being you know marketed on this level whether it's the mountain with jeff goldblum from rick alverson or the art of self-defense which is probably the best thing Jesse Eisenberg's done since the social network. Wow. You know, I I think there's a lot of cool stuff out on a regular basis. And so when we say, you know, we need movies to to, to work on a larger scale, I think, you know, while I want to get behind that impulse, I also feel like, you know, on a regular basis, there are movies on a smaller scale that need to work too for the indie box office to be seen as something that's... No question about that. We
1: need diversity um here's the thing tom bergerman again our box office guy made this point that you know you could go see the lion king you can go see the latest disney retread you can go see this remake of something that existed in animated form and i do celebrate uh, this lion king as as a as a pretty amazing uh our aesthetic and and technological achievement but by no means is it original.
0: <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> and I, did I would see it. I would suggest to you that that if you want Hollywood to make more movies like this, this is the one to support.
0: Well, I went to to Lion King finally on uh, on Saturday and um I I can finally oh, say that <laughs> Eric
1: tell us. It's please.
0: it's um it's the lion king it's it, i mean i just i felt like i'd already seen the movie by the time it started obviously and i and i and frankly i it's yes i did find the 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 way in which highly realistic animals talk and don't quite emote to be somewhat problematic i found what was more sort of peculiar to me was that i didn't find the the a lot of the landscapes in which the action took place to be very interesting it just felt To like overall, like the the, as much as the the kind of visual sophistication uh, of the technology of the movie is is certainly something one can appreciate. That it just it it felt like it was at odds with a storyline that is actually more cartoonish and playful, and that disconnect just never fully settled for me. So I I just feel like I would argue that there
1: were these two roles that that with the what I found interesting was that Favreau fought to keep a certain level of naturalism for this, knowing that he was sacrificing expressiveness on the lions, especially, and because he didn't think audiences would, would buy it because he's creating this so quote unquote, real world, completely CG. So, um, it's the voice actors that have to carry it, and yeah, so I mean, I I don't I, think they do all of them. I uh, like
0: Seth Rogen, and and uh, they, they were, were great, like, you know, they were and really they got funny, to work together. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, that, like stuff like that works. I think the the Scar performance by Hugh he was like, great was too, probably, and and Scar's face is the one that seems the most emotive, and that's, that's right. Kind of the issue. It's like, the other like, ones, but that. he
1: puts them in. He puts him in shadow. He can get away with more. I think
0: it's a cautionary tale in some ways. It's like if we're gonna go this route. We'll more movies like this it does not mean that they need to look completely convincing that there is an artifice that's necessary if you're going to do something the that doesn't happen is
1: actually there well. I, I, I trust that Favreau uh, you know made the right calls and and, and, and I I, oh, the, I trust my eyes. So. except for one thing and that is that if you know he, he sacrificed he got he got Donald Glover and, and Beyonce in there for the soundtrack and sacrifice their voice performance i think
0: oliver sings really well and i appreciated that he's good in hakuna matata um but they, you know obviously the movie doesn't give him a ton to do either so i don't know i the movie's making a gajillion dollars as expected so i'm not you know i'm not gonna say that this is necessarily the end of everything it could be a lot worse it's not like a tra- hyper-realistic transformers movie or something like there's there's something there obviously this and and the original i think is very good but um but yeah i just I'm, I'm not sold on this kind of approach so what can i say it's gonna stick around for a little bit but hopefully by the end of the year we'll have a lot of other movies to talk about because the fall season's not gonna leave much room for lion king as a best picture contender or something like that no no, no
1: worries i'll so, see, you, see you next week all right In new york yeah. In yeah. live in person you'll
0: be, you'll be coming to my neck of the woods so I'm looking forward to sitting down with you and hopefully we'll have some more uh, fall surprises to talk to at Indeed. that time bye take bye. care with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
0: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time